Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name's Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platform and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Hi, Katie. Hi, Angel. How are you? I'm good. I'm coming at you live from beautiful Scarborough, Ontario. What's wrong with that? That's beautiful. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> it is beautiful. Put your, uh, it was a Wheel of Fortune voice coming to you live from Las <laughs> Vegas, Los Angeles, California, or whatever. No, I'm finally not in Las Vegas anymore. Yeah. You stay there a long time. Like, I thought I was there for a long time. It was, what, uh, 11 days, technically, but you were there longer? No, you you were there longer then. Oh, you I win. was. Okay. I was yeah. there nine nine days. Did I win? But you Did took I? a bit of a, like, a nice family trip. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how you broke it up. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just immersed in the, the Vegas culture, which I've, I've now... I now understand like, wow, this place actually exists. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's the most bizarre place in the world. It's pretty fun to lean into that when you're there. There's definitely a a proper time to go. Yeah. I'm usually five. Like I'm a bit of a sicko for that, but um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I really stretched it this year. I don't know that I'll need to do it again, but uh, the W was like W all-star was there. So that was cool too. Yeah. It was nice to like, see those folks, see that game see sabrina make history that part was cool yeah Yeah. wow sabrina yeah holy that's unreal and apparently steph curry's reached out saying like oh now i gotta break her record and she's like good luck let's see yeah let's see it i mean we remember steph curry in the three-point contest it did not look like that no it did not no it was (laughs) uh man that was an impressive shooting display by sabrina Mm -hmm. gotta say Mm -hmm. um very good stuff from her uh, and Las Vegas. I mean, it was my first time, but you're you're a vet of Las Vegas. You've been going to Las Vegas for how many years now? At was that, yes, that might have been my fifth <laughs> summer league. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it was like fifth. We lost yeah. a year in the pandemic, but yeah, admitted to go. Still enjoying it. Did it feel any different with the Raptors compared to previous seasons? Or was it always, you're always covering the Raptors, like mostly, right? Yeah. Mostly the Raptors with some other, you know, opportunities on the side, depending on who's around and kind of who's mm. in the mix. But I'll say it felt different in that that directionlessness <laughs> sort of seeped into this team. <laughs> there are obviously high high points and kind of bright spots and yeah. Brady Dick and Marquise Noel, um, I think like, and I, I'll have to say like Ron Harper Jr. I know we're going to get to this, but I just didn't kind of watching them not shape the team because the team was quite formless. You saw them too. Mm. It was not the greatest basketball, but no. uh, in, in looking at who is probably going to get time this, this year with the team or with nine Oh five, it was pretty helpful for that. I think, uh, you know, in years past, I'm trying to think where I would rank this Raptors team, maybe like last. <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. I mean, you think about it, like they were expecting Christian Coloco, Jeff Dowden Jr., and yeah. probably Delano Banton to be there. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure at what point uh, they learned that Delano wanted to move on. I believe that is the case, that um, they did not extend him a qualifying offer because at some point in the late going, he was like, I kind of want to change the scenery. Maybe, I mean, it could be a combination of things. He didn't really report on it. Um, he just I said saw Delano. He... Yeah. At the Delano. At the... I mean, a good time. <laughs> That's a D-E-L-A-N-O. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I was like, this is great and very fitting. (laughs) I'm sure he must have stayed there for that very reason, or at least gone there, right? I hope so. I hope he stayed there for that reason. I hope he got some kind of photo where like the Delano is just over his head. And then it's like one of those foreground background things that you're kind of tripping it out. It seems like you're on top of it or under it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um. 
but because of those three not being there, I mean, those are three players that would probably be in your starting lineup and they weren't there. So yeah, it, it changed quite a bit. It was the Cleveland game, which obviously Cleveland went on to, to win the summer league title where I'm like, yeah, these guys aren't at this level at all. They're not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, that Cleveland team was pretty damn good. And the Raptors, as we just mentioned, they're missing three players they thought would probably be there. And that changed everything. Three players is a lot. And that's okay. But we'll get to the summer league thing in a second. The The main conversation these days is around Pascal Siakam and where he's going. Is he going? How is it going to look? And um, you have some details yourself, but uh, Will Lou has some details that he uh, had mentioned um, on his podcast yesterday. And it was essentially kind of indicating that, you know, Pascal was not there because he was thinking maybe a trade could happen um, and that he, his teammates were reaching out to him and they were saying that, you know, we don't want you to go, but it it could happen. And Mm -hmm. everyone was sort of bracing for it. And then it didn't happen. Um, Where are you at with, I guess, those, I guess, sort of there, like, where are you at with, with that idea that Pascal is like indeed on the block and that he could not be with the Raptors next season. I mean, when he didn't show, it was palpable. He wasn't there just considering the fact that you've got an every team. And again, like I would say like not every summer league team this year was that impressive. You know, you've mm. got like your top picks, but even the the teams they landed on themselves yeah. were not that good. Uh, and they finished early, but you still had, you know, the superstars and the leaders of those teams showing up courtside um, Pascal's, absence was pretty noticeable yeah uh, i looked into it i was like okay this guy's just still he's extended his vacation which is great i'm happy for pascal he's having a good time i wouldn't want to show up if my name was being kind of swirled around in in mm. trade rumors too my sense of it is that the team is dragging their heels a little bit on making a decision you don't uh, say <laughs> yeah that might be stating the obvious but um, <laughs> the reasons for which to me and from what I've heard, seemed to be you lost Fred. You weren't necessarily expecting to lose Fred VanVleet. You've mm. got to recalibrate now on what the vision and the plan is for this team going forward into next season. To me, yeah, you can keep Pascal. Maybe you should if you want to actually have kind of a winning, <laughs> a winningish team, and yeah. for Pascal to step into that leadership role solo without Fred. Um, to bring up some of the the young guys that we've heard there's been a disconnect there Mm. but there's also this sense of is that even what pascal would want to do can you put that on him he's never been in that role before uh is that worthwhile and do you just like kind of clean slate it because you've already done that with your entire coaching staff and then some yeah yeah (laughs) um i will say that was a highlight just seeing all those guys in Vegas showing up they all didn't have to be there but they all were yeah Um, but do you now kind of look at the roster and think we can only really retool for so long because then it's like the whole purpose of retooling is to build around one or a couple people that are ready to go uh when you don't need a lot of work but what we've seen even last season with a pretty intact what we thought to be a pretty intact and competitive team Mm -hmm. was that uh the retooling didn't work (laughs) for whatever reason and they weren't ready and they weren't competitive now you've got on paper and certainly if we're going to go off last season a worse team you've lost you know your primary ball handler in some cases you're actually most cases your primary scorer uh are you just kind of looking like all right retool's over Mm. we're going to clean house we're going to see what we can get back and what the shape of this team likes in the future i think they're a little bit up against the wall regardless of the decision that they do make yeah, uh, but frankly, like I don't think the Raptors can afford to stall for another season, uh, because then it's like you keep Pascal, and then what are you going to do next year when the results are are the same? Yeah. So my sense is they are stalling, but the time is running out to actually decide what the mm. shape of this team is. They've been pushing. They've been pushing it again and again and again, but at some point it's going to catch up with them. I, I hear you, and I think I mean. It's it's puzzling because you bring in Dennis Schroeder and you yeah. have Jakob Pertl and Jakob Pertl was on the podium uh, the other day and he was saying that, you know, I, I had mentioned that I had unfinished business here. I want to win. And then we get into this situation where we're talking about, are they going to bring back Pascal Siakam, a top 15 player in the NBA? Um, 
and then you bring in Dennis Schroeder as well, who I think is it's a it's a good second option. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way, right? Considering everything that he offers, and I'll probably do some stuff with uh, CJ uh, tomorrow the day after. He actually played with uh, Dennis for a little bit in Boston, and we'll get into that. But he's a he's a good option considering what the Raptors were lacking last season, which was point of attack defense. Um, he's a veteran. He can lead the team. He's worn several different hats in the NBA. And that adaptability is going to be really important when they have Scotty Barnes, who, I mean, I was did something with Savannah Hamilton in Vegas, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, I guess Scotty Barnes is a point guard now, and we're, here we go. But, I mean, even Dennis, he may have slipped up just a little bit by saying that, you know, it, it's a cool to get a chance to to start in Toronto. And then Vivek Jacob kind of uh, asked McGinn, he's like, wait, so you're going to be starting? And then he's like, oh, wait, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, whatever my role is, I was like, ah, you smelled the beans, Dennis. You smelled them. <laughs> but... You put those two, and then we get back into, again, can Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG Ananobi all last together? Can they coexist when the shooting isn't where it should be? And now Pascal Siakam, hey, I mean, I'm never going to doubt the man. If he comes back next season and he's a league average kind of person, um, he did it for spurts last season. I believe it was February. He shot 46% from three. Mm-hmm. Small sample size, right? But that happened, and I think, I don't know about you, but I find with Pascal, it's not – about ability it's more about mindset with this three-point shooting you know yeah it's that's like a vague way to put it i feel like that's vague and vaguely hopeful but yes yes that's where we've I'm, seen I'm not it. saying he could be like a 40 percent shooter i'm just saying like he's he's mentioned before that he's so in tune to being all crazy aggressive and getting to the rim like those are his high percentage looks but if he did just like focus in and hone in on let's make these three or let's get back to being that pull up three point shooter that I once was back in 2019, 20 season. Um, maybe it can go better, but anyways, that's the question that the Raptors front office that they're wrestling with is like, they like all these guys. They don't want to lose OG. OG mm-hmm. is their son. Scotty Barnes is the second son, the smallest son. And then you have Pascal Siakam who by all accounts has done absolutely everything right. And is staying with the Raptors. And if you re-sign him, you're not going to regret it. That's like point blank. You are not going to regret it because of what he does on the court and just how uh, good of a person that he is on and off the court with his teammates. Like you're not going to regret this decision, but it's the pieces around them, which makes the re-signing of Jakob and bringing in Dennis Schroeder a bit more puzzling. Again, like I think Schroeder, I think there's more to his three-point shooting than he uh, than he showed this past season. Actually, his best three-point shooting in his career was when he was with Darko. Um, mm-hmm. in OKC. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, time is running out. And uh, I, I don't know if they know where to go, even at this moment, as we record the podcast. And it it makes me think about this, like this tweet I sent a few weeks ago, where I was just like, you know, I'm so used to the Raptors front office being a step ahead, but now it feels like they're two steps behind, which yeah. is odd. I think that's accurate. I mean, I think you they kept Jacob because the uh, assumption was that Fred would stay and then you have the kind of core three uh yeah. and then I think Schroeder I will quibble with your point yeah he's a vet I don't know that we've seen yet that he's a leader and I don't mm. know if stepping into a locker room that has had problems between mm-hmm. the younger players and the older players in terms of criticism being able to handle criticism yeah. work ethic things like that I don't know that Maybe the, it will work because to me, Dennis mm-hmm. Schroeder doesn't offer those things. Like he, he's yeah, never yeah. really had to be critical of his teammates. He's never been in a leadership role. Maybe the younger guys will like that because they'll mm-hmm. be like, this guy's more chill, used to skateboard, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> still but, does, doesn't he? He still does. He's like kids now. Maybe you have to stop it. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> and like, you know, injury. Um, <laughs> but, true. True. Liabilities. To me, like what you're talking about, these kind of being two steps behind, like now that's so visible. Falling behind is so visible in the moves that the team kind of made and this like scramble pickup for Schroeder. It's like, okay, well, we need a PG who's Mm. best available. We'll get this guy. He was never really part of our plans and who we were looking at. And now I will say my sense and what I've heard is other teams are just getting very frustrated with Toronto in dragging their heels because they want to be in the mix in these big trades, whether it's Tyler Hero or... Damian Lillard, but they're waiting to see what the terms are instead of kind of offering up and leading on these trades. They're just like, well, if it's good enough, we'll get into it, which at one point, yes, shrewd business decision. But when you haven't been Mm -hmm. making great decisions, again, this just looks like stalling. And I think uh, 
people are going to get a little bit fed up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it makes you think, as you, you said, though, is that maybe the Raptors, like the Dame sweepstakes are still very open. Yes, he wants yeah. to go to Miami. But maybe they think that if you add Damian Lillard to the Toronto Raptors in some capacity and you have, um, it could be Scotty Barnes involved in the trade. I mean, I'm not saying that like that could be what the Blazers are looking for. If I was them, I would too. But if you were to say that, okay, they have Pascal Siakam, Moji Anobi, Gary Trent Jr., I don't know, um, Daniel Lillard and Jaka Pertle, then like, that's a pretty damn good team for mm-hmm. a couple seasons. But obviously, you would need things to break that way. And even Tally Hero, too. Like, that's another reason. Like, there, maybe there's a huge 3, 4, 12-team trade beyond <laughs> coming up here where a lot of really good players are, are going different paths. But uh, at the same time, I think probably, yeah, they're, they're stalling a little bit and they want to see where that goes. And maybe they could think that, hey, if Damian Lillard does get figured out and he's off the market, then Pascal Siakam all of a sudden is the best uh, piece out there for a team to add and a team that wants to you know compete for a championship. And maybe the deals get a little bit sweeter, just a little bit sweeter. Um, and there's reason to believe that. Like, they are, they're stalling for sure. And mm-hmm. um, I think all of us collectively, like I've been preaching patience since the season ended, but hell, I'm getting impatient now. <laughs> I want a decision made. <laughs> and uh, even if they come back with a starting lineup of Dennis Schroeder, OJ Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Yaker Pirtle, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate it, I guess, assuming that that comes with the Pascal Siakam um, extension. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not, it's not going to be it. It's not going to be it necessarily. And, but also then you want to give, I'm talking this out with you now, but you, you want to give Darko a shot too, though. You want to <laughs> yeah. give Darko a shot. Like you I do. think there could have been more done with the team this past season that uh, wasn't really revealed under the Nick Nurse regime. And I think probably Nick Nurse would, would say that too, that maybe his approach on offense wasn't where, wasn't right for the team. Mm-hmm. But Darko, by all accounts, even like what we saw a little bit in summer league, I think there's something to it, and there's going to be a new culture, a new um, a new philosophy on offense, and maybe it could help. It's not going to solve everything at all, but it could help. TBD, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Katie. I need a decision. <laughs> I need a decision. We need a decision because I will also say from everything I've heard too, like Darko is like relentless positivity. He's doing mm. the most that he can to just be inclusive. There were a lot of team dinners and things like that in Vegas where um, he's obviously trying to. Yeah. But who paid though? Help repair something. <laughs> who, put the car, who put a card down? Was it Darko? I don't know. My guess is yes. Um, but you want him to have this intact team to mm. understand what it is he's working with. And like, also not just the on-court fit, but like where, yeah. if there are still repairs to be done, where those need to be made and you know, how he can help be the mm. conduit for it. But everybody's hands are tied until they figure that mm. out. You know, it's also funny that Thad Young wasn't there either. And yeah. it, his contract has been guaranteed now. Um, and him not being there, I mean, I think he had a basketball camp or something like that, but he would be the one at these things because he knows how important it is, but he wasn't there either. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about leadership, Fred Van Bleet being gone now, now puts like more, not pressure, but Thad Young becomes a, a huge leader in the locker room now, um, assuming he's there. But he's also a great, <laughs> a great salary match, a great salary match for something that could be coming down the line. And uh, Gary Trent Jr. wasn't there either. Maybe yeah. that's, you hear anything about that? Like, why wasn't Gary there? Do you know why? I didn't hear anything about that. Working out in Florida? That's it? Maybe. That's what, uh, that's what was reported on a, a broadcast that, you know, he's out in Miami working very hard, which I don't doubt. I'm not uh, making fun of him at all, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I keep my, I'm still very hopeful on Gary and what he could be going forward. But okay, that's enough of that. I've been delaying talking about Pascal stuff and all this stuff because I just, I got nothing to offer necessarily. It's just like, well, nobody does happens. everything yeah, else. It's just kind of like yeah. hearsay stuff you've yeah. heard around, yes. like stuff, conversations that, you know, a lot of the stuff is not surprising. It's what has been alluded to all season. Um, yeah. And we won't, we're not going to know until that decision comes down. It's like, I'm repeating conversation that we were having in November, December, yes. January, February, March. And that's why I can't do it. I'm not a trade machine person either. That's not me. I can't do it. I can't envision trades like, oh, this guy, this guy. And then all of a sudden the trade comes. It's nothing where you thought it would be. So why am I bothering? 
Let's talk about Grady Dick. Let's get to Grady, yeah. Let's get to Grady Dick. Okay. So Grady in Summer League, he averaged 16 points, 6 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.5 steals. Shot around 29% from three. You know, not the best percentage, especially considering his pedigree and what he came in. But your impressions of Grady? I think overall it was pretty good. I think he was good. I think he was pretty quiet through those first two games. Um, Mm -hmm. He wasn't necessarily the standout. Even like the standout shooting, I kind of expected him to do. He he talked a little bit about that after those games in terms of adjusting to the spacing, just getting used to a floor, like an NBA floor kind of, which yeah. made sense to me um, given just the way that he plays and the way he played in college. So I was curious how he would adjust. I thought he adjusted really well going into the third game after they had those two or three days off. Um, he looked no. much more confident. Um even a little bit more physical than I kind of expected. Mm. Yeah. I think he was pretty like connected uh, on the floor with Ron Keese and Ron Harper Jr. Who I mentioned before, uh, as well as some of the other guys. So I think he was good. I also just think generally um, he took a lot away from summer league, which is sort of the most important thing. It's one thing to just show up and play. I think it's yeah. a lot of it, especially for the guys that, you know, have guaranteed contracts or rookie deals. They know they're going to be with the team. They can relax yeah. a little bit about that part of it. Uh, a lot of it is the experience and what they're getting out of it, who they're meeting, you know, the coaching staff that they're going to be working with. So I thought he played well. I don't really have any complaints about it. Like you can only mm. play also as well as the team that you're on, which I will say That's even true. apply to somebody like Victor Wembanyama, who yeah. that Spurs team didn't necessarily do him many favors, No, you know, no. and being able to, to show up. So I think all things considered. Grady looked pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. And for someone like him, um, his skill set, you know, the the chemistry of the team and what is around him is pretty important. I think what was stood out to me is the complementary skills to his yeah. main his main skills that he showed off, like the the passing, the rebounding, the the hustle, uh, the the awareness in terms of being um, where the passes need to go, and just when he had the ball in his hands. Some of the ball handling that he did show, you know, working in the pick and roll a little bit, operating the pick and roll or in the uh, in DHOs with Moses Brown, hitting some of those like pull up twos and pull up threes, like that's all really good stuff. And you know, as the tournament went on, as you mentioned, like he started using his pump fake a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It became more of a go to. And for someone like him, and for a lot of sh- uh, shooters that have so much gravity around the perimeter, like a little pump can give you the space that you need to get to the rim. And mm-hmm. he realized that over time. And I also like that you know the first two games; those are the ones that I saw. Um, he shot three of 12 and five of 13. I think for a first round pick, the shots needed to be more, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it's, I think it's reasonable to say that when you are uh, a first round pick that the ball should find you a little bit more. And that's just the reality. Like when it comes to summer league, some guys are trying to show that they can play defense. Other guys are trying to show that they belong. Other guys are trying to show up all the skills that they have. But for Grady, like we know that he can shoot. It's not a question of that. Like I, the his ceiling is going to be predicated on these other skills that he gains, right? Mm-hmm. So it is going to be like driving to the rim. It's going to be rebounding. It's going to be passing the ball. And uh, I think it's important that he does that. This is his place to bleep up a little bit. He should do that here, right? And like the shooting, it wasn't as good as you wanted to, it to be, but some of the shots he hit, you're just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, pretty impressive. He had this like, uh, he goes to the screen against Golden State Warriors and he hit this like, catch and shoot three and like he got that ball off quick and i think that there's reason to think that some of the spot up looks he missed they'll probably go in in the future and everything about summer league was very strange like the raptors the games that i saw like their offense they had like two plays were running like legit two <laughs> plays um but afterwards after they had those few days off that you mentioned it they had more sets going on and yeah. i think that again does help him and his gravity as a shooter is going to be what uh, makes him special. And mm-hmm. uh, along with you know his threat and the weaponizing of his shooting and also just hitting shots. And we saw more of that as the tournament went on. But a lot of good things about Grady. Um, some people were a little bit down on the pick after seeing things like Kobe Bufkin and Keontae George and Cam Whitmore were doing, which is fair. But I, what I appreciate about the Grady pick is that the Raptors, they were trying to find a piece that fits. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I think that's important. It's not, doesn't always have to be best player available because then you end up with what you saw last season where a lot of guys want to shoot the ball and uh, a lot of guys want to be ball handlers and they didn't have those other skills or maybe they weren't really willing to do, do those skills, but Grady just fits. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I will say, going back to what we were talking about off the top, the fact that we, he fit the team they probably pictured themselves having, which has obviously changed now, but yeah. I will say he still fits. Like you, you want shooting, right? You, you want it very badly. And Toronto does maybe the most. So he'll fit like whatever, like whatever team kind of falls out, I think when the season yeah. starts and, you know, it is just summer league, but the way he was able to adjust really quickly, the way he was really accountable for those adjustments, you know, yeah, uh, I think you talked about energy being aggressive, kind of like wanting it more um, rudimentary in summer league, but important, I think for a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say it was good to see him operate on an even keel in what can be a pretty, how do I put it nicely? Like chaotic, frenetic environment of basketball. It is. Yeah, yeah. Bodies seven, flying, balls ten minute flying everywhere. A ten yeah. minute warm up, get on the court, seven minute halftime. Yes. After the game, get off the court. Next yeah. next team's up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh and I think he stayed pretty even keel and like, you know, he's he's a pleasure to talk to. Uh from all everything I've heard. He's just like good kid, good head on his shoulders. Um mm. yeah, and I think we got to see that a little bit. It's about personality fit too. So I think the fact that the team doesn't necessarily know what's happening. He's shown himself to be a little bit of a chameleon and, and he'll be able to fit in where he needs to. hundred percent. Now for anyone wondering or curious, I did do an interview with Grady Dick and Marquise Noel. Um... I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At Summer League. So those are on the podcast feed and on YouTube. If you want to check them out, they were really fun. Um, a bit of basketball, a bit of everything else. He's a really good fisher. I already saw that he did do some fishing. Um, <laughs> In Vegas? <laughs> No, no. He I was home. like, where? Back in Wichita. Back in okay. Wichita. Right. Okay. He, uh, yeah. He did some fishing there. Um, he told me he was really good at it. And I, I saw a video of him doing that uh, post summer league. So good for him. Um, what gives you confidence that he's going to be productive at the NBA level next season? And also, do you think that he's going to be playing a lot of games at the NBA level? Or is it going to be a lot of G League? Uh, this is tough because, again, like who's on the Raptors? <laughs> True, 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 true. Uh, my sense is the team really values him and his development, but I think they want that in an accelerated mm-hmm. NBA sense. So I do think he'll play more. I think he's going to play way more than somebody like Malachi Flynn. You know, I think that we will hopefully see the resurgence of Raptors down to five as a viable pipeline to the Raptors. Oh, Man, <laughs> seriously. Um, Sorry, but yeah. yeah, and actually, like <laughs> development coming back into focus, he's a little bit to me. He's a little bit farther ahead um, than you know Marquise or somebody else who might, whoever they end up si- if they end up signing somebody else from this team. Yeah. Uh, so I think to me, Grady's pl- place would be on the with the bench uh, with the Raptors. Uh, but I think he'll be very valuable. Like he's shown mm-hmm. himself again to be able to like take on res- responsibility to kind of do and and be where he's asked to be. Uh, he's not going to be a, like a leader by any means. Like we all, we mm-hmm. still want to see that out of somebody like Scotty Barnes. So I'm yeah. really curious to see how those two play off of each other if, and when they do um, yeah, on definitely. the floor in the locker room too. But uh, yeah, I have a sense that a lot will probably be asked of him. Because a lot is often asked of as much as we're like, what's the front office doing? What's what's going on here? They still have a, a set of expectations, you know, for all their picks, no matter where it is that they came in the draft. Yeah, um, I mean, you look at their their team and obviously three point shooting is useful for them. Um, I think his role with the Raptors would be very different from his role in summer league, where mm-hmm. summer league, he, he's not going to be taking 19 shots. I'll tell you that no. <laughs> with the Raptors, <laughs> it'll be a lot of spot up threes. It'll be like, you know, one dribble pull-ups, um, some drives to the rim and he'll get some minutes here and there. Or maybe he is more of a focal point of the offense just to use his threat. As I mentioned, there were a few cases where in that last game where 
it actually was the case where, you know, he's drawing two and then there's a cutter going to the rim. It could be stuff like that. If he shows he can make shots at the NBA level, um, it's going to get the attention of NBA teams. Mm -hmm. And then now he's probably going to get more minutes that way. But I think he could be in that Delano Banton role when he, uh, I think it was a you know, last season, season before where he was asked, like, what do you got, what do you do on your days off? He's like, what are you talking about? What days off? Like either I'm practicing with the 905, games with the 905, mm -hmm. games with the Raptors or practices with the Raptors. Like he could just be kind of going up and down a little bit and his role is going to be so different in both cases. It's going to be very beneficial for him. Like mm -hmm. in the G League, you could make him more of a focal point. And like now he's dealing with like that next level of like, you know, guys are are tugging on his shorts and they're holding his, his arm when he's going around, he's crawling around screens and like that kind of stuff to get out of your rhythm. If he's able to conquer that at the G League, G League level, now you do it again at the NBA level. It's just like the little steps that you make. Mm -hmm. uh, so he should just play a lot of basketball. And defensively, I hope he can just be a good team defender. The the one-on-one -on -one defense, which, I mean, not to say that it's a bit overstated, but being a one-on-one -on -one defender in today's NBA is really, really hard. Like there's yeah. only a few guys that can do it. It's like to actually keep a guy in front of you when the talent is like ridiculous, more so than it was like 10 years ago. Um it's pretty hard. So if you know where to be on the court, you're situationally aware, you can, you know, rebound the ball, get steals. He's got good hands. Like I think there's more to his defense um, from a team perspective than he's been given credit for. So you put those all together. I mean, yeah, he could have a, a role with the Raptors, but it could just be on, you know, as you mentioned, the direction where they're going, it could be 25 minutes. It could be 10 minutes, right? It really depends. And mm -hmm. I mean, they brought in McDaniels. They have, uh, Otto Porter Jr. Maybe he's healthy. I know it's a funny thing to talk about. God, I hope so. Yeah, for for <laughs> for his sake, man. Um, yeah, I hope that he's able to because like this is his second year of his contract. And uh, ours, I'm not out. willing yeah. to like give up on Otto oh. Porter Jr. No, man. He's like, the games that he played. I mean, I, I hate, oh, God, I'm doing this again. The games <laughs> he played, he was pretty valuable. Yes, he was. Yeah. So. He was on the podium during his intro press conference, and he's like, "Yeah, I think we could compete for a title." That, we all thought that you can't put that on him know, we all but to know. different levels of delusion perhaps thought that i know i know how stupid we were collectively stupid okay. hopeful yes optimistic stupid yeah. stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all fooled by the gimmick of vision six nine all of us and then the nda is like yeah but we got these adjustments and then case closed yes <laughs> um okay so that's anything else on grady you're good I'm good. All right. Marquise <laughs> Noel, 12 points, 34% from the field, 33% from three, 6.5 assists, which was fifth overall in summer league, four turnovers per game. Uh, last game against the Warriors, 17 points, 12 assists, three rebounds. Um, your thoughts on, on him? Mighty energy guy. Yeah. Energy guy, <clears throat> trash talker. Mm. Um, just like everywhere kind of on both ends of the floor not always well but like tries to be get yeah. everywhere he can reminds me a little bit of a summer league desmond bain and Love look it. at the great things he went on to do desmond bain who i still wish the raptors and drafted i remember stop it, that stop draft it, stop well. it. I, I didn't want to <laughs> mention that i didn't want to mention that but yeah. okay All yeah right. yeah right. um you, you but, get it. good that's fine <laughs> we'll probably find more minutes <laughs> with the 905 yeah uh, but that will be good because i think he'll have a leadership role there I was really, I also got to sit down and chat with him and I was really impressed by just, you know, on the floor, just uh, kind of a whirlwind, a little bit of a Tasmanian devil off the floor, really thoughtful, super calm, talks a lot about the game in terms of it being a bit of a chessboard and liking to try and figure out moves as, as well in advance as he can. So, but acknowledging he's not a hundred percent there yet, of course, but a very sure. cerebral player in that sense, which was really nice to hear. I think the team... From what I've heard, the team is excited about the parallels between him and his story and his route to, Fred Van, to Fred Van Vliet. Who said uh, that? Okay, fine. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Sources. Um, My source is me. If you think about it, that is true. And I can see why they would be excited about something like that, especially yeah. given what they're going through right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, I think like, you know, grain of salt take it with a grain of salt but he could uh, everything i mentioned um good developmental prospect picturing him working with somebody like jama again i think that's a great fit uh yeah. and i think he will be a real fan favorite i hope he does get minutes in toronto 
we we're not just seeing him in 905. I hope mm -hmm. again to go back to the pipeline. I hope we reconstruct that. Yeah. And he gets to see the floor in Toronto just for, I don't know, early could be early season minutes, slump minutes, late minutes, but mm -hmm. I think um he could be a good addition. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has there been anyone since Fred? Pascal and Norm, because OG didn't really do a lot of 905. He mm -hmm. was pretty much an NBA player mm -hmm. from the get-go. But has there been anyone since then that has been a rotation player that's gone through the pipeline and been a rotation player for the Toronto Raptors? Is there anyone? No, we were supposed to see it with Malachi, right? That's with insane. Malachi Flynn. Yeah. That's insane. And I understand, like you had Tampa, you had a lot of reasons why yeah. that whole side of things just got shut down. Um and it also sounds like, from what we know now, Nick Nurse not really putting the importance on that. Maybe not thinking he needed to as a as a viable sort of backup for the team. Uh, but yeah, I think it was supposed to be Malachi was the next option. I'm I'm like Precious wouldn't have really seen that like minutes there um, or like that switch. But no, yeah. we haven't seen those sort of side-by-side -side success stories no. maybe Bush boucher a little but yeah yeah no time. yeah no Chris, yeah, yeah. no for sure sorry that, that he would be the other one then it would yes. be chris boucher um yeah what's crazy about i mean that's crazy for a bunch of reasons but as I've, I've learned more about the nba and like the acceptance of roles um and how important it is right like all those guys that i mentioned all four of them right chris boucher included is uh that they have gone through like the stages of becoming like a bona fide nba player and mm -hmm even like reaching new heights, all of them did. Like when they got in, I remember Fred talking about it. Like I knew my role, play defense, run pick and rolls and hit, hit threes, right? Pascal, energy guy, Norm Powell, defend, go out there, guard Paul George. And he did all of that. Chris Boucher, he found his way eventually. And there's been no one since then. And it, it's Nick Nurse, it's Raptors, it's those guys. I don't know. There's been no one since that, that has gone through that those phases of mm -hmm. becoming like a a true nba player like a consistent nba player and mm -hmm. that is where the disconnect is like is it is it players not accepting that this is the road you got to take or is it them not getting the opportunity i don't know but that is crazy to me mm -hmm. it's been that I think many it's a years mix. you've also got like a coaching talent drain on the 905 side too right yeah uh, and not keeping people so there's no continuity there which i think mm -hmm. You want continu continuity in your main team, granted, like assistance bop around here and there. But I think if you want a strong developmental footprint, that's where continuity is the most worthwhile because yeah. you're just trying to teach fundamentals, right? And just trying to teach guys up in that. Um, I think to add to Malachi, like Delano, I think Delano Benton did as much as he could with what he had available to him. Take that how you will. Um, so I don't really put that on him as much no, like as you, you yeah you. you said too like you. he played you. all the time like he was playing so much basketball it was where he was not necessarily getting a shot yeah um, to show that there was a, do you see this uh, quote from qj peterson you see that story from him with the new york knicks no it's a long story and i don't know if anyone wants to google it it's kind of made his rounds a little bit but he sort of talked about you know he got one of the last spots on the summer league roster of the knicks and he was told all right you probably won't play the first few games. It's just like, I'm, it's long. I don't want to go through all of it. Like just look it up. But essentially he went from um, the, not going to play the first few minutes of, of the few games. Then he goes to, he gets, he does really well in his three minutes. Then the Knicks are down in a game. He comes in, he gives them life. He gives them spirit. And then in the final game, um, he's able to actually show what he can do. And he's a scorer by mm -hmm. nature but he did everything that he was asked along the way and then the final game he had like 17 points or something like that and he was getting a lot of praise from Tom Thibodeau but it's like that kind of journey and it's probably you know why isn't someone else taking that journey with the Toronto Raptors recently it's probably opportunity it's probably like you know the philosophy I I still have a lot of problems with you know Masai being on the podium and saying that Maybe I should have paid attention more um, yeah. over the past few seasons. I'll be more hands-on. Like, you were seeing it, though. You were seeing guys not play, right? Um, and I, I think that's why probably Malachi Flynn might be with the team next season because you know, they probably feel a little bit guilty. Like, he wasn't given the shot that he probably should have been. And that's why I really wanted Delano Banton to be under this coaching staff. Me too. I thought, he's, I thought he was going to be great. But, I mean, if he wanted to go, he, he felt like maybe, you know, Toronto being so close to home wasn't the right fit. He wanted to go and do his own thing. I get that, too. 
Um, but I think he, there's an NBA player there. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I, I agree. You, you can't take me off that hill. I, he is an NBA player. Marquis Noel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even give my, my, my thoughts on him. A lot of tangents, <laughs> a lot of tangents today. Like I, it's been pent up. I haven't done a podcast okay. about the Raptors. It's been like a lot of uh, looking at summer league and interviews, which have been awesome, but get it out. These feelings are coming out now. Yeah. These feelings are coming out. Um, <laughs> from what I saw in summer league, what I liked about him is that he continued to dictate play with yeah. his style, right? Cause at his height, five, seven, I think he's 160 pounds. Um, he has to dictate how things are going to go. And if he isn't, then he gets in trouble. And as you mentioned, he wants to be a few steps ahead, chestnut checkers. Uh, it's important for him to maintain that speed, to maintain that aggression. And he did it constantly. He told me, he's like, yeah, yeah I'm a reserve guy off the court, but on the court, I want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> and he kind of smiled, but not really. Verbatim. Yes. I want to tear your eyes out. That's what he said. Wow. I got a softer side, I guess. Yeah, we didn't talk about taking anybody's eyeballs. No, I forget where it, uh, how it came up, but um, I think I actually challenged him. Like, were you the guy in school, you know, poking the bear a little bit at guys? He's like, no, I'm a pretty chill guy off the court, and I'm like, yeah, it seems like. He's like, yeah, but on the court, I want to tear your eyes out. Like, okay, gotcha. Visceral. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, from the Raptors coaching staff standpoint, with everything we understand about Darko, you know, he wants to run high pick and rolls and. His ability to change speeds, the switching of gears, um, is such an asset in a high pick and roll system. Um, now for him, he has to. He already has the ball handling, he has the the presence, the vision passing. I can't believe he he's able to find these angles at his height because mm-hmm. obviously they're not the same for him versus another person. But he finds his guys, and he's got these small windows to make these passes, and that are even smaller for someone of his height. And he constantly does it. That's why it's hard to bet against him. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that you're just like. I got a feeling it may not be that a star in the NBA, but I feel like he could be a rotation player at some point, just like a DJ Augustine, who was five eleven, Kemba Walker was a six foot Earl Boykins, five, five, 135 pounds. He played 12 years in the NBA, right? That's insane. Yeah. There's good and, blueprints. Uh, he's got good blueprints. Are, for sure. yeah, yeah. And uh, he's been in contact with all those guys uh, from what he, he told me that there is a bit of a fraternity with all of them. Yeah. They, they try and help each other out. Um, but for him to have an on-court success, probably just keep on doing you, but also three-point shooting. It mm-hmm. has to get a little bit better. And his step-back shot, his two-point pull-ups, similar to the other shorter players that have lasted in the NBA, you got to be deadly um, as a shooter. And that's not there yet, but that's not to say that it can't get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. good stuff from him. I love his aggression. I love his passion. Like I saw him get a standing ovation in that first game. Right, he had a standing ovation when he was like he got when he a fell and he did the yeah yeah I got that on it was video. a two on one yeah, and he, he he somehow caught the pass going from one one uh, the ball handler to uh, the other player I'm like wow how did you do this but it's anticipation these are his IQ is really really good and one thing that again that he that I thought interesting that he said is that I'm different than all these other guys that were playing at this height. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, damn, okay. Well, you have to be. I'd argue you'd have mm-hmm. to be for the league to still, well, who, yeah. the league, which is sizing up all the time and sizing out, right? With like sure. wing size, like that, you'd have to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't have made it this far. You know, you have to like take, yeah, he's got blueprints, but how do you improve on those? Like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do a little bit differently? You've got to already be way more of a developed like again, we talk about this kind of cerebral sense, but like developed in whichever capacity, whether it's physicality, uh, your kind of court sight and all of that, mm-hmm. than they were. Because the game yeah. is just accelerated in advance. So you got to keep up. But from what I've seen, speed-wise, he can. Yeah, definitely. He's, 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 he's pretty quick. Speed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's got the the vision passing, as I mentioned. Like the, mm-hmm. he's able to slow down the game. He sees it at a at a unique uh, at a unique level. So uh, just yeah, good things from Marquise. I I imagine he'll spend most of the season with the nine hundred five, but that's going to make that team really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Any other any standouts from you from summer league? Any uh, other ones? Let's see. You want to talk Ron, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll always talk Ron. Um, I think it showed that Ron had a other full summer league under his belt, not to mention yeah. full season with the 905. Ron is also someone who I think suffered from not getting a true sort of two-way experience. Yeah. Uh, I think he looked mm-hmm. really complete for a summer league, like really serious 
uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, you know, again, he'd done it before. He even matured, I think, to the point where the last time I talked to him was last summer league. But like yeah. chatting with him this time around, eyes not as wide, you know. Granted, of course, that goes back to everything he did in this past season. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought he played really well. I thought he was great in kind of the the limited clutch minutes this Raptors team got. <laughs> I thought he was really well in terms of making the right decision, whether it was the right pass, right shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I really, I would really, I don't know if it's reasonable, but I would really like to see him get some minutes uh, with the Raptors this yeah. season and not just be stuck uh, with 905. Um, who else? I don't know what his chances are on being with the team, but I did like watching DJ Hope play basketball. He can I thought, hoop, man. He's a hooper. His he like physicality, like those Australians, like even if you just want to talk about, you know, kind of fresh guys are, especially the ones that are like maybe just out of college yeah. and haven't really done a, an international circuit, just his develop, like his physique, you know, and like his development in that sense and mm. kind of knowing how to force his way around the floor was really cool to watch he's also got good finesse i think which was a nice in games that are often lacking that (laughs) no for sure no i i see i hear what you're saying like there's a combination he's got that a bit of a european flavor where he has a size but he can shoot the ball a little bit and his court sense Mm -hmm. um it's it's pretty it's pretty good for uh for him and i was like it's gonna serve him well is this second coming to blake griffin (laughs) oh my gosh in oh a couple gosh. games. Oh my god. Anyway, um, I think we both also like Moses, right? I think we did. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Maybe not. Yeah. I was gonna talk about someone else, but okay. I just I just want things to work out for Moses. Like yeah, he was a yeah. bit up and down, and I the the flashes are there. Like you see sometimes you see the blocks that he has, the offensive rebounds. Um, it's good, but then there are other times you're like, bro, what are you what are you doing? What are you what are you up to? Um, but at his height and uh, his his touch around the rim, uh, you give him a pick and roll partner like, you know, Marquise, mm-hmm. it could pop a little bit, especially mm-hmm. at the 905 level. And then maybe you can find some consistency, but it's consistency is what I'm kind of looking for from him. And I think, you know, his road, he probably just needs someone. He needs some TLC, I think, like seven teams, I believe, in what, three, four years in his yeah. NBA career. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. It's a it's a mental toll and you're kind of battling yourself. I, I, I imagine every time he touches the ball, in a game, he's holding a little bit tighter because of how much pressure there is. He could probably use a bit of a break, um, someone to give him a chance, another chance, I suppose you could say. Uh, and maybe it's the Toronto Raptors. Like they mm-hmm. could, you know, probably use a bit more center help. Um, I think Christian Coloco. I hope Christian Coloco. Um, it would have been great to see him in in summer league, but I'm hoping he has more of a role with the Raptors this season as their backup center. Um, I think he's earned it, and uh, you know, there was definitely progression from where we saw him at the beginning of the season than where he was at the end, but. You can't have too many seven footers, I don't think. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd be I'd be more than happy if he was given a shot. Who else did you have? Mohamedou Guy. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was the the guy that stood out to me after the I did the interviews with uh, Marquise and Grady. I was talking to Raptors PR. I'm like, let me just see the first game, and we'll we'll decide who we want to go with. And he popped immediately. And then I spoke to him, and he was a, such a, a cool guy. And aside from that, though, you can see the comparisons to Chris Boucher immediately. Now, Chris, Chris was a better scorer, mm-hmm. a much better scorer, and that's why he had so many accolades in the, at the G League level. But I think for both of them, Mohamedou and Chris, their role in the NBA is going to be pretty similar. And Mohamedou, he told me that you know he, like a lot of guys. He was small, he was a guard, and then he grew. He shot up. And now mm-hmm. he, has, he has these guard skills. He can run in transition. He can pass the ball a little bit. Uh, he, he's got a three-point shot. He can block shots, obviously. I think if we're talking, the, the Raptors have two more two-way spots, right? Uh, Marquise Noel has one of them. They have two more. I can see them going to, to Ron Harper Jr., um, and I can see them another one going to Mohamedou, or it could be Moses Brown. I don't know. But I could see that because of uh, what he did on the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be an interesting player to bring into the system. And if the Raptors indeed don't care about age, he is a bit of an older prospect. Um, I think he's like 26 or something like that, but ancient you know, so yeah. Yeah. being sarcastic. I know you are. I know you are. 
but uh, I think he'd be an interesting player to bring on and get into your system and yeah. just develop because of all the skills that he has. He can go on the perimeter, there's switchability. He's a bit thicker than, than Chris is. Um, and the, there's a wingspan there. He, he's like a one inch taller. Which is not so bad when you see the way that, you know, no, mm. I don't think so much anymore because Boucher's really mastered this kind of wideliness and explosiveness, yeah. but not getting pushed back or back down on his way to the basket. Yeah. 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 Some of that Chris Boucher heart. And he yes. has spoke to Chris a little bit, actually. Um, and he said they had some some nice conversations. So that was the other guy. Uh, outside of them, that was, I hate to put it that way. That was kind of it. No, I'm <laughs> um, with you. Yeah, yeah I'm with yeah. you. You want the best uh, for everybody, but you look at what the team wants and needs and who fits yeah. that. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Hogg got a shot, though. Yeah. Hogg. Hogue. Yes, sorry. I I knew it was Hogue, and I said Hog. I was saying Hog for a long time, and then even I, as I said corrected. it, I'm like, "You're saying this right." I was saying yeah. to myself, "You're saying this right," and I still said it wrong. Dumbass. Okay. <laughs> Anything else, Katie? Anything on Darko? What was your impressions of him? One thing uh, I love about Darko, just yeah. real quick, is that he his first the scrum that he did with the media, he walked up and he didn't know where to look, which was adorable. Because he didn't realize he was in a scrum setting, and he's going to find out what scrums are like, that's for sure. Um, but there was like a few of us there, and he's just like, who do I look at? And we're like, well, you kind of look at whoever's talking to you. He's like, oh, okay. Um, but everything outside of that was terrific. He seems like a really humble dude, and everyone seems to like him, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back to that, what I heard of just him, you know, taking taking the team, doing a lot of, initiating a mm. lot of team activities. Uh, yeah. And understanding the importance of that, just kind of being a relentless good vibes guy. Um, and I don't, and I think that goes well beyond a surface level and understanding. It's one thing to understand that's what the team needs right now, but I also think that's just where that's the place mm -hmm. he operates from. Um, so I'm at, I think every game that I was at, at least watching, yeah. um, which is great because he's got to get a sense of his coaching staff as much as, you know, who might be a fit for the roster. Uh it, I liked everything that I saw. I didn't get a yeah. chance to talk to him, but um, I am mm. very hopeful. 100%. I saw him stretching with the, the team. Yeah. Isn't that great? Um, great? When you were able to enter <clears throat> their ballroom. Um, oh, and the was... po their post-practice yoga sessions. Yeah, yeah, right. And he was doing yeah. it with them. Isn't that great? Yeah. And he was doing some on-court stuff with them. And I saw him at one point, my last image of him before I, I departed Vegas, at least work-wise, was he had two coffees in his hand and he was going back into the practice facility. So he was bringing a coffee for someone, Katie. Yeah, he brought someone a coffee. He, I love that. Team building. Never Everyone, get so big time that you're not able to bring somebody a coffee. Everybody needs caffeine as I drink my coffee right here. Thank you, Katie. This was fun. Anything you want to shout out? Anything coming up? Um, I will have some Summer League recap pieces for nice. Yahoo Sports Canada. Hey, oh, I worked there. Currently, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your, keep on enjoying your summer. Pascal Siakam news, Raptors news. We're all waiting. All waiting. Talk soon.